0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe.
2: It's time for the Blue Glows Podcast. Your host, Alonso and Juan, Alicia
0: del Valle, and the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows podcast. This episode of the Plead Lows podcast has been brought to you by Bet Online. With the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds news and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. So head there today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ben Online, where the game starts. Bienvenidos, Sangrones. Uh, and hello to, oh, I love this name. Coco where's Bird Frankie is dead. Hello to you, my friend. Roy Estrada, bienvenido. Joining us on the En Vivo uh, tonight are, th- this is a real treat. We have the writers from Dodgers Beat. So for those of you on the live who have not been reading this stuff or aren't aware, these are the two guys that basically carry all the weight on Dodgers Beat. We have Stephen Webb, who I, I'm going to give you the title of senior writer on Dodgers Beat, Stephen, because I believe yeah, you've for been more there. reasons than one. I think. <laughs> you've been there the <laughs> longest. So if you don't want me to call you that, I'll just change no, it. That, that is fine. That is fine. Senor yeah. Stephen yeah. Webb. Yeah, I was, uh, I
2: was looking at it today and I just wrote my 923rd post for the uh, site. So
0: there you go. There
2: I'm you cranking have it. Guys. them up there.
0: So if you guys aren't following Dodgers beat, you need to follow it. So not only you can read Steven's work, but joining us once again, Cody Snavely Canelo, you read his stuff all the time. Uh, Let's say hi to some more people here joining us on the live, the ghost of Al Davis, Philip Lopez. Hola familia. Gray. Hola. Jose Ayala from Bakersfield. Saludos guys. Dennis Gonzalez. Hola caballeros. So I want to start off with this guys. Um, So Stephen wrote a series of articles about the top 10 Dodger moments in 2023. Uh, I want to go over some of them, and I want to hear from you guys if if you guys agree. And if not, go read the articles because Stephen does a really good job of making a case for each event. So there's one that I don't – I'm not going to say that this is low, Stephen, but I have to say when I saw this come up, it was a really good reminder because everybody loves to bury this dude. I think everybody's ready to turn the page. Everybody is just like, you know, thanks for what you've done, but we're moving on to the future. And at number 10, you had Kershaw's first half. Steven, can yeah, you that's... remind us really how good he was until he got hurt this year, at this I past mean,
2: season? I mean, it, it was uh, remarkable. He, he was very close, I think, to being... The leader uh, for Cy Young in the middle of the year, um, it, it didn't turn out that way. But if you look at his his uh, numbers, and let me bring them up right now as soon as I get this ad out of my way. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, ten and four with a two five five. I mean, that's that's you know classic Clayton numbers, and uh, I I hope he comes back. Next year, but I mean, I think Clayton Kershaw uh, more than carried his weight in that first half, and it's especially considering how little we got from other starters this year. Uh, you know, the way it ended was not great. We we all agree with that, but but that that first half was was you know among some of his better pitching seasons of the year of of his career.
0: Uh, Canelo, so, I I think we kind of lose sight of that, right? In terms of He was really good. I I mean, to me, I was surprised how actually how good he was. Because like Steven just said, I mean, any other pitcher in the National League would have killed to have that ERA of 2.55. But now we hear it from Dodger fans all the time. It's time to turn the page. We got new guys. And now the latest rumor, and I know you have strong takes on this, Canelo, is that the Rangers are in on him to sign him. Now, Canelo, you have a theory on this, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, to go with uh the article Steve wrote, um, yeah, I feel like we do neglect the the first half that Kershaw did have. You know, you know, he was on his way, arguably to winning perhaps another Cy Young award at his age. That's incredibly remarkable. Um, and then also it was the first half of the season. He was in contention to probably start the NL for the uh, starting the All-Star game for the National League. I feel like in the first half of the year, unanimously everybody agreed that Kershaw was the best pitcher. Um it wasn't Blake Snell or any of these other guys. Um Kershaw was getting his due. Um and then unfortunately, obviously we saw what happened, you know, a shoulder injury kind of pretty much derailed his entire season and it came full circle in the postseason where that ended up being the Achilles heel for not only himself, but the entire Dodgers pitching staff. Um, In terms of the rumor, um, I feel like until he retires and keeps signing these one-year deals, uh, we are never going to not hear the Rangers come up. Um, I don't know if it's whether to just get stories out there or clicks um, from these other reporters, um, these major uh, reporters. Um, I don't understand the fit for the Rangers other than the fact that Clayton Kershaw grew up uh, as a fan and he lives close. Um, the Rangers have a lot of issues in their rotation as is right now in terms of injury. Um, they do have Nathan Avaldi, who has battled injuries pretty much throughout his entire career, had a few stints in the IL last year. Max Scherzer is getting another surgery. He's going to be out for at least for a quarter of the year. Jacob DeGrom, I mean, their star free agent signing from uh, two years ago or a year ago. Um, he's out um, and he's going to be rehabbing off of his second career Tommy John surgery. So are you sure you're going to add Kershaw, who we've discussed in the show, possibly won't even pitch at all in 2024? And if he does, then you're getting him back in July, maybe August, maybe September. We don't know. Um, that really doesn't make sense to the uh, Rangers team that is coming off a World Series win that has a lot of injuries in their rotation right now. Plus, I feel like Kershaw really doesn't want to change franchises right now at this point of his career, especially the way he went out at Dodger stadium, only getting what one out in the NLDS game one. Um, I really think it's a lot of, you know, agents are kind of pushing some stuff out there. And then Ken Rosenthal is the one that picks it up and then it's just going to put it out there. Cause nobody else talked about it after that, that day. Um, and I don't know, at the end of the day, I really think he's still going to come back to LA. It just depends on what type of deal.
0: Uh, Steven, I, I want to get your thoughts on on what Canelo just said. The Rangers are always going to be brought up, and there is this belief that this information is just leaking to try to get Kershaw more money. But seeing all the moves that the Dodgers made, and we talked about this on prior shows, it does seem like a new era of Dodger baseball is coming. Do you really think Kershaw may be would consider that Rangers deal more than we think?
2: You know, I, I think some things happened this season that kind of made him think twice about the Dodger organization. You know, that whole uh, dust up with, with the nuns and stuff
1: was, you know, that kind of,
2: he said, well, what does this team stand for? What, what exactly are they? And, and, you know, I think, um, the, then the injury and then you know a lot of, of you know a lot of the the chatter around his very poor performance in the first game of the of the playoffs. It, you know, maybe he's feeling like you know, maybe it's just time to go home, um, you know, drive to the stadium, have lunch with mom, you know, or his mom passed away, so sorry that that would not be appropriate. But um, you know, it, home is home, and and it's it's hard. Uh, and I don't think Clayton Kershaw ever really um, he embraced the fans of Los Angeles. I don't know if he embraced living in Los Angeles, um, and and so I, I I could see him going to Texas. Um, I don't think he will in the end. I think in the end, he wants to be a lifelong Dodger and he wants to retire and walk off the field, a winner. That's what I think. And so I think if, if he felt like this team is world series bound, well, we've had many of those already. Uh, we, we could see him say, okay, let's, let's, let's lace them up one more time. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a good question. I think only Clayton knows that. And I don't think he knows it yet.
0: You bring up a very interesting point. I, I want to go to the comments because some people are ta- chiming in about a Kershaw here. Um, but before I go to the comments, I just want to remind everybody that's on the live. Um, we're going to do something different tonight. And that is, you know, we've been trying to make comment of the night happen. Well, to try to give you guys a little more incentive, we have a mystery box giveaway that we're going to give mm-hmm to comment of the night so uh make sure you guys are putting in your comments the it's gonna we're not going to unveil what's in the mystery box but if you do win comment of the night baby face will reach out to you to make uh the delivery possible but i want to go to some of these comments here uh Dennis gonzalez kirsch was going to pitch in the world baseball classic but couldn't get injured i i know he wanted to And that that was a big issue. That was a big I think that should have been a red flag already at the beginning of the season. Right. The fact that the Dodgers were not going to allow Kershaw to pitch in the World Baseball Classic. Roy Estrada has an interesting question here. Is Kershaw, like most pitchers, a victim of the no sticky stuff? And why is he dealing with injuries? Canelo, I want to go to you because I feel like there was a period there where the sticky stuff was a real issue. There were certain pitchers that their numbers dropped when they started really enforcing the sticky stuff. But I don't remember anything, anybody, you know, attaching Kershaw to that. What are your thoughts on on, on what Roy's bringing up here?
1: No, I think out of all the pitchers that you could link to that, I don't think Kershaw falls in that category. I mean, probably throughout his entire career he's pretty much had the same pitch repertoire until age got the better of him and you know he's pretty much matched out maxed out his fastball around 93 94 miles per hour he's never really had crazy seasons of high velo um and you know his curveball it's an historic curveball you know you know uncle charlie you know like that is one of the best curveballs in baseball um you can't try to manifest some sticky stuff with that that's just you know that's just a natural gift that uh god gave clayton kershaw so um i don't think he was linked to it honestly if you look back to it probably going all the way back to like 2014 kershaw's battled injuries it's kind of been an uphill battle from since then especially since i've been watching dodgers baseball over the past like 15 like 16 years uh kershaw's had his battle with injuries and it's kind of been a Kind of been like that joke we throw around between Dodger fans. We're like, all right, well, when's he gonna get put on the IL this year? Um and what's gonna be the injury? For a lot of it, it's been his back. Um, it ended up just being his shoulder now. But I think you have to look at a lot of the decline in his stats. Um, it's just he's just getting older. Uh
0: Steven, I want to go to you on, on this. In and Cody brought it up, you know, going back to twenty fourteen. I think Kershaw has just aged the natural way. What we used to see pitchers back in the day. This is how pitchers used to, to age. And look, I, I look, I never saw this guy pitch, you know, in my era, but guys, Sandy Koufax's total career was like 10 years, and he wasn't really Sandy Koufax for correct me if I'm wrong here, Steven. I think it was maybe four years, is when he was just really, really dominant and injuries came and, and took his career. You could say the same thing about Valenzuela. The first six years, Valenzuela was just ridiculous, and then injuries took a toll. So I think Kershaw is just aging the way you're supposed to age before we started seeing steroids in the game and all that stuff. Am I wrong there, Steven?
2: I don't think so. I I, I think if, if you look at the first... Uh, I don't Kershaw's what is what... This would be his 16th season, I think. Of I believe so, yeah. Um, if you look at the first eight years in the and the second eight years they're nearly identical if you look at the numbers and i mean he's put up some really solid numbers in his the later stages of his career i mean more than you would expect you don't. we're not seeing like a steady sloping decline we're we're seeing still a very good pitcher. Um, I mean, I don't think he should have been on the mound in in, in October because he was obviously injured. And, and you know, and you know, so much of postseason Kershaw is is management decisions and not Kershaw himself. But I really think that that he's got um, nothing to be ashamed of in the last 10 years of his career, um, you know, if you, if you take from the moment he won his last Cy Young until now, and you could match that against any pitcher in baseball, I think. And those, and that's three Cy Young's in, in his pocket.
0: No, I, you're absolutely right. Let's go back to the comments here. Uh, the ghost of Al Davis, Mr. Raider, Philip Lopez, Kershaw's not going to leave the Dodgers to Tarsh. Tatarish uh tar- I can't say this word. I don't know. I know what you're saying there, um, Mr. The Ghost of Al Davis uh, Tarnish, Tarnish his, legacy there. his legacy. Thank you, Stephen. Tarnish okay. his legacy he has created with the Dodgers. Uh, Crenshaw grinder. Kershaw will retire a Dodger, hopefully. Um, bienvenido, Doom Sal. Doom Sal is joining us. Dennis Gonzalez so far is in the lead for comment of the night. Blame Mattingly, uh Canelo. Look, Dennis, anytime you... I know some people will, especially on the East Coast, won't stand for Don Mattingly slander. You won't get any of that from me, Dennis. Um, the ghost of Al Davis, Prime Kershaw is 12 to 6, was deadly, and it was amazing to watch. Uh, absolutely. I, I think that's going to be a very, very interesting decision. Um, if he is going to pitch, if he is, you know, what he's, how he's going to fit. You know, Canelo has said it many times in past episodes. Is there even a spot for him in this roster? I mean, there were some moves uh, made recently. Um, I, for one, had Lucas Giolito on my bingo card, being a Dodger. I was not. What I didn't have on my bingo card was the Medias uh, Rojas paying him as much money as they did. Yeah, yeah, I, I a lot. I thought Giolito was going to maybe top out at nine million a year. To see what the Red Sox gave him, I I was just, uh, I I was surprised. But I still think the Dodgers are going to make some moves to fill out this rotation. I know Canelo has a piece about the Dodgers maybe going to a six-man rotation. Uh, I want to get to that piece a little later on. I still want to focus on Steven's uh, pieces. Number nine was, excuse me, what you'd like to refer to as the resurrection of Jason Hayward uh Stephen, i have to ask you uh because it's a concern for me what are the chances that this resurrection continues on <laughs> or there, is-
2: there is your question i mean I, I i was happy to say thank you for your service and uh see you later um but so, uh, so you
0: were surprised by them re-signing him
2: oh yeah uh, and I mean, I think they got, they milked it for, for everything they could get out of it, but I don't know if it's, re, if it can be replicated. Uh, that's, that's my concern. I mean, I was very happy for him and he's the nicest guy. I've talked to him a couple of times. He's, he's really a sweet man. And, and the, to see him, you know, back together with Freddie and, and see them, you know, kind of uh, chumming up a, again like they did back in the old days, it was a sweet story. I don't know if that sweet story is going to be on the field uh, next year or not. I, I have a feeling that uh, right field is going to be an issue for for the Dodgers if they want to have Mookie at second all all, all year long.
0: Well, I, on, on top of that, another one on your countdown was James Outman. I think what you just said right now about Hayward, you could also say about James Outman. So this move of Mookie, uh, moving Mookie to second base – you say you might have, the Dodgers might have a right field problem. Could the Dodgers just have an outfield problem yeah, in general? I, if Altman has a sophomore slump, we still don't know what they're doing in left field. I mean, Babyface brought this to my attention the other day. They haven't announced, they haven't formally announced Margot. Have they, or am I missing something?
1: I just posted the picture of him photoshopped in the Dodgers Jersey, but no mention of his name, nothing. Yeah, you I mean, would no, hardly even happens. know. Yeah, He was on the 40 man. Tyler Glass now got his due, but Margot, no. So no
0: introductory press conference for Margot then is what you're saying is going to happen here.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I told Roger, you know, all fair. I was like, I don't know. Maybe if they're, if he's like not available right now, if he's away um, or, you know, it's been rumored. A lot of Dodger fans were like, all right, well, what? Purpose does he bring to the roster? Could they be possibly trying to get rid of him? Um, it's not too often you see a player get traded twice in one off season, um, but yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, it, it is interesting to keep an eye on them. Yeah, they're
2: they're in big trouble in the outfield. I think. Uh, uh, I mean, Taylor is Taylor. You know, we kind of know what he is now. um You know, he's going to be a lot of swing and miss, a lot of hot and cold, and. And I like Chris Taylor, but but you know, you just don't get consistency out of the guy. And and then Outman, I mean, uh, is almost a carbon copy of Taylor. A lot of swing and miss, a lot of inconsistency. Um and and then uh what Margot and Hayward uh in 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 right. Eh, it's not much of an outfield.
1: Yeah, I think the combination of moving like bets to second. I don't know if that's more of a beneficial or benefit to the Dodgers as more as like Mookie preferring to play second base. Um, I think at this point they would pretty much, if he really wants to play second base, this organization will try to at least keep him happy at all times. Um, Because it, it does seem like the Dodgers biggest like weakness. um, It seems to be the outfield now, just because of all the things we mentioned, you know, Chris Taylor, we know what type of guy he is. James Outman, you know, he's going into his sophomore year. He did get hot towards the second half to latter half of the year um, where he proved to be at least a capable starting outfielder. Um, And then, you know, right field, you know, Jason Hayward, a lot of his stats are pretty much, you know, based off of him being a platoon guy with uh, Mookie Betts. Do you expect him to kind of keep doing that in 2024? I'm not too sure. Um, and like you know, you said, like Steve, the, the Dodgers pretty much milked everything they could. And the reason why I like the deal last year is because they got him for uh lead yeah, minimum man. salary. That and now you're your- giving him a full um millions of dollar deal. Um, so that's kind of it's it's a lot of stuff to kind of work your way back up if you're Hayward. Um, you know, one of the people that made your list also Stephen,
0: was J.D Martinez and I don't think we can stress enough how efficient that dude was last year. And, and this is in relation to the number of games that he played. Mm-hmm. Now I'm pretty confident that Shohei Otani is going to be able to provide some of that same uh, productivity that JD yeah, Martinez has.
2: Seriously but, worried about that. But, 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 but yeah, but, give him his props. Yeah, Definitely.
0: But you guys are just talking about the outfield. So l- let's go to ghost of Al Davis. I'm going to save your question because I think that's a good question. I'm going to have that coming up real quick. But I want to go to some of these other comments here, and it's pertaining to the outfield. So, Cray on here. How about Tony Fam for left field? That's a name that I'm hearing a lot. Dennis Gonzalez, regarding left field, since Rice Arena is currently off the table, wouldn't make better sense to sign Tommy Fam or perhaps trade for Kristen Yelich? Since the Dodgers haven't signed... Okay, Ghost of Val Davis, I'm gonna go back to you right now. Let's stick with just the outfield situation. Bienvenido, Michael Carrillo, Santander, or Lane Thomas would be good for left field. Uh Canelo, I've I'm starting to hear the name Tommy Fam a lot. Tommy Fam, if you believe, I guess wanted to be a Dodger last year. I don't know who didn't agree uh to it. The Yelich thing is an interesting trade because a couple of years ago, I thought Yelich was fantastic. Now I was I'm a little concerned about the drop off. Santander is a name I think you brought up before earlier. Lane Thomas. We keep hearing that they're still in there for Tiosco, uh, Ednandes, Tiosco, Um, And then there's the talk about some of those twins players who may be available for trade. Like Max Kepler, maybe. Exactly. Max Kepler. Canelo, how would you deal with what you guys are telling me is an outfield problem?
1: Yeah, I mean, let's just call this the Dodgers beat uh, writer's plug show. You know, we're going to get our our (laughs) clicks in for the website. That's right. Uh, But yeah, I did write an article recently kind of highlighting. All right. right Right-handed hitting outfielders. Who's available? Who should the Dodgers go after? Right off the bat, just looking at who's available, at least on the free agent market, the guy that's probably going to get the most attention is Tommy Pham. I mean, you might as well just call him MLB right handed hitting journeyman right now. You know, <laughs> he's played for a, a bunch of teams the Rays, the Cardinals, the Padres, the Mets, and then the Diamondbacks most recently. And he pretty much owned the Diamondbacks, not or he pretty much owned the Dodgers and he also owned the Phillies in the NLCS there too for this postseason run. Um, yeah, you are right. He did want to be a Dodger last year. He brought that up in an interview. I'm not too sure who he was talking to with in that interview. Um, his camp tried to reach out to Andrew Freeman and he pretty much got ghosted. And then he said shortly after that, they signed David Peralta. Um, so they went with that platoon option instead of him. Um, look, there's a lot of baggage with Tommy Fam, you know, he is a good ball player. His career statistics against lefty uh, left-handed pitching um, is pretty serviceable. Um, kind of matches with his career. To- his career totals kind of match what he did in 2023. But there's a lot of off the field issues. You know, we all know about the inf- infamous slap against Jock Peterson a couple years ago uh, due to a fantasy uh, football dispute. Um, a lot of Dodger fans are kind of 50-50 just because of the way he's kind of been talked about, um, whether when he was on the Padres um, and then all the other off-the-field stuff we've heard about him. Um, but he would be a great get for the team. Um, another name I brought up in that was Adam Duvall. Um, that is another name that I've kind of been on. Um, he, is a, he was a very serviceable defensive outfielder and third baseman in his MLB career. Uh, But now that he's getting older, he's more of a left fielder DH type. Um, He is a possible fit. Another one that's been floating around on Dodgers uh, Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. If you don't care about defense, Jorge Soler is definitely a very viable option. But the guy that I really want is the dude who Michael Carrillo brought up, and that is Lane Thomas. Um, I really wanted the Dodgers to go all in with a trade for him last year at the deadline uh, because this dude, Absolutely rakes against left-handed uh, pitching. He had an OPS of 1. I believe 0.8. Um, pretty much all his stats across the board were way up. Batting average, OPS, OPS plus. Um, he did have reverse splits for, with home runs. He had more of them against Fridays. But in terms of what the Dodgers really need, they just really need an outfielder that can hit left-handed pitching really well.
2: Well, you get better defense with Thomas too.
1: Yeah, you do get that out there in the outfield as well. He uh, he was a center fielder. I did get to see him play when I was at that National Series. Um, he has pretty much revitalized his career out there since he got traded from, I believe, St. Louis prior to that, um, and has made a name for himself out there in Washington. But you know, people mentioned on the post in the comments where are the Nationals really looking to to trade him? And I would say yes because he is a little bit older and. They really have a young core of guys that is going to be there in their contention window in the next two to three years. But Lane Thomas only has two years of arbitration left. And I believe, I think he's 27 years old right now. So I don't imagine the nationals, if they don't want to extend him now, you might as well trade him while he's at his peak value. Um, And he really surprisingly with as much as I've talked about him, he doesn't really have too much value in terms of like baseball trade values. If you want to go on that website where the Dodgers could just give up maybe one or two B tier prospects and they could get a deal done. Um, They do have a, a surplus of young pitching that's in the minors right now, especially a lot of them that are, getting ready to, I guess, age out where they're getting up there. So um, I definitely think the Dodgers, if they want to pu- make a deal happen, they could do it now. They could do it. I also mentioned they don't have to address it now. They could have just at the trade deadline in 2024.
0: You know, and the last time the Dodgers and the Nationals uh, made a trade, it worked out well for both teams. So perhaps the Nationals would be a more willing trade partner. Steven, uh, any of these names that we mentioned, anyone go to the top of your list as someone that you would love to see the Dodgers go to address the outfield?
2: Well, I really like Anthony Santander, but I don't know how available he is. Um, Is there any talk of, of The Orioles, uh, entertaining a trade for Santander.
1: Well, from the East coast, you know, the East coast (laughs) contributor over here. Um, yeah, the Orioles have kind of been in the rumor mill trying to at least get pitching. They, they Mm -hmm. need to get pitching some way, one way or another. They believe that one bat that is expendable is Santander. Um, whether they can get one of these younger guys in the outfield or they can plug another guy in the DH spot, which is where he's primarily been playing. Um, but I believe he's on the ex- the last year of his contract. Um, there's no plans in getting an extension and the Orioles desperately need pitching. I know the Dodgers probably don't want to trade from their pool of pitching, especially in the minors, because we saw last season how many guys came up from the minor leagues to help the Dodgers eat innings, whether it was in the bullpen or in the starting rotation. Um, but at some point or another, you're going to have to trade some of these guys because it's similar with Ryan Pepio, you know, he really didn't have a spot and he's getting older. So they gave him his, a chance to let his wings and fly and go with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, Another name that I see that's mentioned a lot in trade talk is Landon Knack, a dude who's almost 27 years old in our minor league system. I mean, you got to cut ties with some of these guys sooner than later.
0: You know, the, it seems that the position of strength for the Dodgers is pitching and Steven in his articles uh, mentioned getting glass now and getting Yamamoto was was huge for the Dodgers I want to go back to the comments here the ghost of Al Davis brings up an interesting question here hey guys what are your thoughts on the on Atlanta trading for Chris Sale from Boston and do you think he's going to play all year for Atlanta since he's injury prone now Steven I want to go to you because I've been reading some comments here Uh, I think I forget who put out their rankings. I think it was MLB that did the rankings or I saw this on social media that had the Bravos as number one. Yeah.
2: And then at, um,
0: Harold were, Reynolds
2: said the same thing.
0: It was MLB.com Canelo. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and the Dodgers were two, right uh, mm-hmm. on that list. I, I think we'd lose sight of the fact that the Bravos still have a damn good team. And even though the Dodgers have won the off season so far, I still think they're going to have a hard time not only beating that Bravos team, but the Phillies have two really good pitchers and pitchers that, you know, pitch really well in the postseason. Uh, Steven, I wanted to get your reaction to this Chris Sale. Uh, is that a game changer for the Bravos or is what the ghost of Al Davis is saying? True that you know maybe the injuries have caught up with him too. I I don't.
2: I kind of feel like Chris Sale is is uh, this year's Charlie Morton for the Braves. Um, uh, you know, it's not 2018, Chris Sale, um, for sure. You know, the one who mowed down the Dodgers. Um, I think probably Sale's going to help him with that. You know, from the left side, Um, and it's it's an issue because you know this is what what cody was talking about about needing right handed hitters is is the the braves are going to have sale in the three hole or something like that and he's he's they're gonna have to deal with a strong left-hander and and uh it's they didn't do great against left-handed pitching last year i mean they were their left-handed hitting lineup was much better it seems to me um so we'll we'll see how it goes i mean we have um so many good bats on the left side that that uh, we really need a little more balance i mean the, the Mookie bats can't do everything on the right side
0: <laughs> uh canelo being that you are on the east coast am i just overreacting here. I mean, the Dodgers made all these moves, but we're starting off the show with you guys telling me there's still holes on this Dodger team. And I get it. Friedman's not done. He's still working on it. But I think with all the excitement of getting to Otani and Yamamoto, we lose sight that the Bravos are still a very good team. And the, the Phillies are still a good team.
1: Yeah. I mean, regardless of how you view the team right now, they've obviously addressed a lot of issues. Um, This is something me and my co-host Jake talked about actually a little bit earlier today when we recorded our episode of Clubcast that's going to come out tomorrow. Um, We talked about the Braves. Um, Speaking of the Chris Sale trade, I think it's a win-win for both teams um, because, one, the Braves are paying literally Chris Sale only like $10 million out of his $27 million that's owed. Um, So there's really nothing to lose there if he isn't really good. Um, If he can at least give them maybe, say, 120 to 150 innings and is available in October and he's very serviceable, that's their like third, fourth, or fifth starter. That is extremely scary, especially to teams like the Phillies and the Dodgers, who are extremely left-handed heavy. Um, The the moves the Braves have been making, the lefties that they've added to their bullpen, the lefties that they've added to their starting rotation, these are moves to counterpoint, at least for the Braves side, probably more to attack the Phillies right now because I mean, they have had their issues in the NLDS two straight years in a row right now. Um, But it's also a move to kind of go against the Dodgers, who have kind of stacked up a lot of left-handed hitters on their lineup, especially with Otani now being in the middle of that order. Um, I like it. the trade, though, for the Braves. Um, Honestly, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to be biased, I know we got Dodgers stuff all here, Dodgers podcast, I think the rotation right now on paper is better than the Atlanta Braves. Um, I think sale, his injury history is a lot, especially recent is a lot worse than, uh, Tyler glass now's because I think in the last three years, I think sales only pitched like a hundred and like 20 or 30 innings. Um, and that's in three collective years together. Um, that is not a lot of innings. Um, he hasn't looked like the 2018 sale at all, or even remotely close. Um, but the Dodgers, you know, they pretty much revamped their entire rotation right now, you know? That's a scary five right now. If they decide not to add anybody else to their rotation, we're talking about Yamamoto, Tyler Glass now, Walker Buehler, who will be there even though he's on an innings limit, most likely or the late start, Bobby Miller, and then Emmett Sheehan, Gavin Stone, Michael Grove, whoever you want to throw around there, and then potentially another starter that they add this offseason or at the deadline. I think that's up there with the Phillies. Um, I'm honestly even going to go say, I guess you can say East Coast Bias. Um I think the Braves are similar to that Dodgers where they're built for that one sixty two. Um, but I think if you put the Braves and Phillies together, I'm going to take the Phillies probably every single time. I, I don't know if it's like that's their Achilles heel. I just think the Phillies are better built in short game series that really matter. Um, I would say the Braves being number one is a little, little, I guess going off of what they did last year, but how, how confident are we that all of their hitters one through nine are going to repeat anywhere close the seasons that they had last year. So um, while the Dodgers have holes, the other teams also have holes. But I think it's clear that the best three teams, at least in the National League, are the three teams we just mentioned.
2: Yeah, by, by far, I'd say.
0: Let's go back to the comments here. Uh, Crenshaw grinder, uh, the Dodgers should offer Kershaw a three-year deal and transition him to a pitching coach to show their loyalty. How could he say no? Uh, look, I don't think the Dodgers are giving offering a three-year deal. And look, everybody says Mark Pryor is the ultimate fixer, right? Why would you want to replace Mark Pryor? You know, uh, this is someone that supposedly was supposed to fix Syndergaard. So uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Let's go to the ghost of Al Davis. Um since the Dodgers haven't signed Kershaw yet, do you think they're going to trade Barnes to keep an open roster spot for someone batting over? Uh, look, this is, uh, this is the ghost of Al Davis. Mr. Raiders obligatory dig at Austin
1: Barnes. I thought look, we were trading for some uh, sports supplies last week. Now we're actually training for a, a player.
0: <laughs> Austin Barnes, uh, the, the slander on Austin Barnes. will we'll have to go for another show here, guys. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Um, Jose Ayala, Juan. They will make a trade before the deadline. They are being patient. Remember, the the, the team will win 120 games. They need to be clutch in October. I am curious, uh, East Coast Dodgers Nation. Is there no hope for bringing back Geek? Frankie J, Frankie G? Excuse me, Fam is a DH. Barry Sanchez, Gike, and Fam can platoon if they bring on Fam. Michael Carrillo, Kepler had a monster second half last year. Chris Jones is also on the Lane Thomas band, uh, bandwagon, um, more Lane Thomas here. Uh, Roy Estrada, we're not bringing back Kike. Look, um, you know, Michael Carrillo brings up an interesting point. How about trading for Starling Marte as bench, uh, as the bench bet, the Mets would naturally have to eat the most of his contract. He's a very good veteran presence and has postseason experience. I'm curious to this, guys. We, 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 there are all these names that are being mentioned here about the outfield, but is there a possibility, Stephen, that they may start the season, the first two months at least, trying to see what they have with this outfield before they decide to to do something about it, or is uh, that playing with fire? Doing that,
2: I think the way this team is built that. It- you know you kind of have there's going to be some dodger team in october you kind of count on that and i think it would be a good idea to 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 just you know see is outman going to take grow or is he going to shrink is 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 jason hayward back to the free swinging jason hayward that came up as a phenom or or is he going to uh, you know go back to his ways that he was with the cubbies the last few years um it, it's it's a legitimate question it's it's i think it 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 bears a little testing i think and I, um, I don't i don't think the dodgers would would feel like they're i think they have enough pop in their lineup that they can kind of monkey around with the outfield during the season and figure out. What they want to do, you you know, look at uh, Atlanta, they replaced, they replaced essentially their entire outfield in in 2021 before they, uh, before they won the World Series. So it's, it's, it's not like they have to have a, a perfect outfield on opening day.
0: Uh, Canelo, this one's for you from Doom Sao. Uh for is four years a realistic date for Hu Young Suk Chang to come up to the majors. Uh Doom, that that's the Korean pitcher, right? That you're talking about.
1: Uh yeah, they signed of- him last year. Yeah. So he's 19 right now. Um obviously you gotta c- kind of compare it for how young he is to being like a high school draftee. Um the difference between like the MLB draft compared to all these other sports drafts is those guys make an impact immediately. Baseball, especially pitchers, especially pitchers as young as he is, you're probably looking at him, maybe making his debut, depending on if everything goes right in the minors, maybe he comes up when he's like 22, 23 years old, but we've already seen some of these arms in in the minor leagues that are approaching like 25, 26 years old. So it really just depends on the state of the rotation And then how fast he progresses um, in his uh, development, which at least when they signed him last year, there was a lot of hype around him coming out of Korea. Um, Obviously, I feel like the Dodgers would really want him to come up and make an impact because not only do you get the Japanese market, let's get the Korean market too. Um, So I would say if everything goes well, maybe four or five years, somewhere in that time frame. All right. Um, let's go back to the comments. Roy is trying to say that Chris Sale is a duplicate
0: of Freed. Both will go to the IL. Uh, speaking of Freed, uh, I believe it was Rosenthal who came out today basically saying this is going to be Freed's last year uh, with the Bravos. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And of course, everybody has him I'm linked- home, Max. Exactly. Everybody has him He's linked coming. to the Dodgers He's for coming. next year. He's coming. So. Look, he yeah, I feel like he pitches well against the Dodgers, so I I wouldn't mind having him. But everybody's already talking about how great the 2025 rotation for the Dodgers is going to be, you know, because Otani's going to be back. So let's not get too ahead of ourselves here in that uh, aspect. One of the things on your list, uh, Stephen, uh, you had mentioned was the success of the young pitchers taking them out, in particular Bobby Bobby Miller and and Sheehan. Who do you think of those young pitchers is going to take another step this year? Or is it maybe someone we haven't even heard of yet, Stephen?
2: You know, I really liked what Emmett Sheehan was was showing us at the end of the year. It was, you know, he had a really little um, impressive little run that he had, but that he went on right there at the tail end of the year when, when, I mean, he, he was sort of knocked around a little bit early on, but, but you know, I think he really has uh, some nice stuff, and I could I could see Emmett Sheehan being like um, holding down that five spot in the in the rotation. Um, I'm not as convinced that Michael Grove is going to be a long term solution. Um, I think he might be a a good person to dangle in a trade. Um, I and I mean. Landon Knack is somebody who's mentioned before he might might uh make it to the show we'll, we'll see i mean uh, Cody's right he is getting up there so we'll, we'll see i mean people speak very highly of him but but he still hasn't really um had any uh exposure in the big leagues so we'll we'll see what
0: happens there uh, Canelo I I want to <laughs> I want to go to you on this uh, because you are the expert on this situation um Sheehan was basically, it seems, if we believe the reports, everybody was asking for him in a trade deal. And the Dodgers did not want to trade him. So in in your looking at 2024, could you see maybe Sheehan taking a huge step and him coming out of nowhere and and being that rookie pitcher that everybody was like, oh, this is who Gavin Stone was supposed to be or any of those other guys?
1: Yeah, I definitely think looking at Sheehan's like stats, especially a a collective for his first year in the big leagues, but also as Steven said, uh he really settled into his own, especially in that hybrid bullpen slash starter um that he played at the uh in like the September. Um he has really good strikeout stuff. He has really good numbers on all of his pitches. Um I mean we saw him in his debut, you know, he took a no-hitter I believe until what like the 6th or 7th I mean, inning sixth somewhere sixth along, inning, along yeah. those uh, lines, but yeah, this guy obviously the Dodgers asking price for him is extremely high. Um I'm one of those guys especially especially during the window the Dodgers are on right now, I feel like every prospect should be at least available other than Bobby Miller who isn't even a prospect anymore. You might as well just count him as a staple of the rotation. Um, But I really think Sheehan is more than likely going to stay a Dodger. Um, I would say the Dodgers are more likely to trade away a Gavin Stone, a Landon Knack, a Michael Grove. Um, I think they value Sheehan extremely well. um, And they, at least he slotted in to be that fifth starter. Um, I definitely think uh, come opening day, if they don't make any moves, he will be slotted in in that fifth spot in the rotation. Um, And the Dodgers are going to need a lot from him, especially um, come October. We'll we'll see what happens, but I can see why that the Dodgers want to hold on to him just because of all the stuff we've seen, whether it's it's with our eyes or it's with the stats behind the, behind the scenes.
0: Uh, Let's go back to the comments, the ghost of Al Davis, Mr. Rader. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if JD Martinez signs back with Arizona, since the Dodgers got Otani for DH Uh, Roy Estrada, can JD still play outfield? He's a perfect right-handed bat. Um, look, I, I keep hearing Arizona – I think J.D. is looking for a payday. Uh, I mean, the guy played for $10 million last year, and he was grossly underpaid. So I think it's the team that pays up is who J.D. is going to uh, sign with because his health issues I, – I, I think this is going to be one last payday. Look, uh, it sucks because I think he had a great season for the Dodgers, and he was super productive. But when you get an opportunity to get Shohei Otani, you get Shohei Otani. And uh and that's what the Dodgers did here. Um let's see what else do we have here? Uh trade the prospects already. Let's get Arroz Guys, I just don't think this Arroz thing is gonna happen. I mean it, I, I, I think it would have happened by now, but but I I I could be wrong um chris jones sure wish jd could magically refund his glove to play left field Um uh, i you said refund i'm assuming you mean refined uh dennis gonzalez can bellinger play left Look, i don't think bellinger is happening that is not a reunion um that i, I think is going to happen here um let's see here dennis gonzalez i, I look The outfield seems to be a concern. Uh, Nando wants uh, Friedman to come back from vacation. Dodgers need to make one more trade. You know, one of the things that I found really interesting was everybody was saying that Yamamoto and Otani were holding up the whole market. And it doesn't seem like there's been as much action as I anticipated there, Stephen. I mean, the fact that Bellinger's still out there, Blake Snell is still out there. I mean, the fact that the Dodgers are still in on haters, so to speak, uh, I know all of these names. I mean, how realistic are these free agents that are still out there when the Dodgers have already spent so much money on free agency? As Life Journey says, do you think the Dodgers blow past the $300 million tax threshold, or will they try to stay under it? I mean, how aggressive do you think the Dodgers will be at this point, Stephen? You know,
2: I, much as I like Josh Hader, and I think he'd be a great addition to the, to the team. I, I, I think the Dodgers are going to kind of hold Pat vis-a-vis free agents and, and try to build with trades from now on. I I think they got their two big fish uh, and they got Glasnow with the trade. And I think from now on it's, I don't, I mean I don't think Cody Bellinger is coming back. That that's uh that's uh that, that's nostalgic speaking there. Um and uh I think you know if he could they could get like a cheap like a, like a Tommy Pham or something um get him cheap uh they they would go for that but I don't think they're going to be in on these high ticket items. Um I I think you know I think there's there's a lot of I th- Andrew Friedman wants to see uh who's going to be available at the deadline. I think you know he he's he's been burned too many times in October and he was he kind of was very passive this October, this trade deadline uh in 2023. So I I think he's going to be very aggressive in in, his, in the deadline in 24 uh and he's going to plug every hole that he sees, but I don't think I don't think he's convinced that that the holes exist where we think they do um i think i think he wants to see how his outfield is going to play i think i think he feels like he has enough relief pitching i think he's if if anything i think he wants another starter and he wants a left-hander
0: um uh canelo uh, there's a lot of people in the in the chat there they're talking about trading trading the prospects trade vargas now I'm starting to wonder are there just going to be no more trades in the offseason and just like what Steven had just discussed here the trades that are going to happen are going to be at the trade deadline.
1: Am I thinking is my thinking wrong there? No, I think I think it could be true with with both points whether it's a trade in the offseason or the deadline. I do think the Dodgers at least make one more trade um to address maybe to get a starting pitcher or a bat or a closer. You know, we've already seen like a bunch of trade rumors uh, with Emmanuel Classe. do the Dodgers meet that asking price? That's going to be attached to that. I mean, obviously we don't know right now. I mean, I've tried to think this entire all season, like Andrew Freeman, but pretty much every move they've made has been unfree Andrew Freeman esque, you know, blowing past the payroll, the way they have been. Um, I do think, I would say they. I agree with Steve. I like the idea of Josh Hader. You guys know that I've I've been extremely high on that, but he does have a price tag. You know, it doesn't seem like he's going to bat down on that five-year, a hundred million dollar deal that he's looking for. And I imagine some team is going to give it to him. If that's the case, it's not going to be the Dodgers. I, I, I already argued if he's coming to LA he's taking a price cut or his market is extremely cold where they get him in like a four year, maybe $80 million deal where it's something uh, more comfortable for them. Um, I do think they'll go more trades. I, I think the team as is right now is pretty good. Like, and that's just being conservative. Um, they are on their way. If you didn't make any more moves, they would still probably blow by the NOS. They would probably win almost hundred games um but they need to make moves that are going to help them in October um and that's why you're seeing a lot of people that are interested in a closer in starting pitching in an impact bat that is good at like maybe situational hitting you know we talked about Teoscar hey, Hernandez like on the free agent market dude strikes out pretty much every like maybe 2 to 3 times every game that's not good situational hitting for October so um i do think they will probably hold on to some assets come the deadline but it's also not good to trade everybody away i know we the Dodgers are kind of a lot of us fans are riding that high that they've kind of gave us that those three weeks in December where they pretty much brought in like six players in, in, in a three weeks fan. Um, but we do have to look at it in terms of a whole organization depth. They do need some of these guys, but there, there will be trades. You can guarantee that. Bold prediction: there will be trades. <laughs> well, let's go back to the comments, uh, Louis Z here. I think
0: we, uh, we need. Uh, I think more pitching would be nice. However, I feel the bottom half of our lineup is a bit soft. What are your thoughts, uh, Steven, I go to you. I don't think Louis is that off base. Is it because? And, and you mentioned this in your list, uh, the year that Mookie and Freddie had last year. To me, the Dodgers lineup seems a little top-heavy, and I think Louis Z has a point. When it gets to the bottom of the lineup, it is there's question marks. I'll say that because we don't know where Gavin Lux is going to hit. I'm assuming it's at the bottom of the lineup. What is Gavin Lux going to look like? Um, You had already mentioned the concerns with Hayward and Outman. Do you think that's a valid uh, concern, the bottom half of the Dodgers lineup?
2: I I do. Um, you know, if, if you take, um, uh, Betts, Freeman, Otani, that's like 25 in war right there. Right. It's just, you know, off the charts, um, those three guys. So any, any lineup that has those three guys at the top is going to look a little flimsy at the bottom. Uh, but, and I think if they if they get a good year out of Gavin Lux, if Max Muncy can be a little more Max Muncie than he was last year, um, although he wasn't horrible last year, but but you know, he, he wasn't quite um, you know, twenty twenty nineteen Max Muncie. Um so I I I hope we can get um you know more production out of out of those bats. Um Gavin Lux is a wild card. You're right. Um, you know, he's been on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, how long is it going to take for him to find that swing? Cause he, he struggled remember it when he came up as a rookie and, and he had to go back down. Oh, um, and that was in 2021, right? That, that he, he went down and then he came back up and he played really well at the end. Um, but, so we need to we need to see what what Lux has got. We need to see what Outman's got, and and we need to see what Hayward's got, and 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 then then we can make a decision whether that bottom half of the lineup is not good. I mean, if if the numbers translate from what they got, I mean, if if you look at uh, at Hayward, I mean, he, he was up over eight eight hundred in in his OPS, and and I think. Uh, um, Outman was, was like 790 in his OPS. So, I mean, the, these, these are legit, decent numbers. Um, you know, they they, and they both had over 20 homers. Right. So, so that's not horrible for an outfield, but the question is, is it going to happen again? Um, and that's a legitimate question.
0: Uh, let's go back to the comments. Uh, Michael Carrillo, I would include Sheehan in a Lusardo trade. Uh, I love how aggressive you are, Michael Carrillo. You remind us of a friend of the show, uh, Casey Stern, who said, you know, prospects are nice, but parades are nicer. Uh, and uh, I, I feel that comment. Nando, Otani broke Ross Atkins and the Blue Jays. It, it definitely feels that way, Nando. Uh, Michael Negrete, <laughs> what happened to the princess? No eye candy, bummer. Uh, La Princesa is on assignment. So uh, hopefully she will join us on our next live. The ghost of Al Davis was looking forward to Gavin Stone stepping up last year, but at this point might as well trade him in a package deal for Corbin Burns come the trade deadline. Uh, look, I, I'm I'm seeing a lot of comments on the live about trades. Uh, Louis Z, Reyes, the Rays will want the moon for Aros Areña. Uh, look, I, I it does seem like trades are the route the Dodgers are going to have to go by at this point because they've spent so much money. But also, look, we've been harping on this; these guys have been in the system for so long. I, I, I mean, there's a log jam. As Canelo says, these guys are getting older. Let's let's they the Dodgers, in my opinion, they have to win now. And I know Friedman has a very hard job because he has to plan for the future and at the same time win now. But I do think they need to go all in. And if trading some of these guys, and I get it, like Canelo says, we can't just do it all in the offseason because come the trade trade deadline because we know injuries are going to happen. We just don't know who's going to get hurt. So we know that the trade deadline, one of these trades, the Dodgers are going to have to do it to try to replace somebody who got hurt. Uh, Bellinger, uh, city boy, Chad Bellinger isn't realistic. He's trying to get paid. I- exactly. Uh, Philip Lopez, the ghost of Al Davis, Mr. Raider, where does Snell end up realistically? I know someone in the chat, Dennis Gonzalez, Blake Snell is an Anaheim angel. If that happens and that's, that's a payday for Snell. Okay. Uh, because I think the angels have the same problem that the giants have. No one will take their money here t- t- take our money, but I can't blame the guy. Look, you, you, he's one throw away from his career ending. So go get that money, Blake Snell. You know, you played in a World Series, you know, at this point, get your money. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Dennis Gonzalez feels good about Altman. Louis Z feels good about Outman. Uh, Let's go to Michael Carrillo here. What would be some good lefty relievers you think the Dodgers can trade for? Michael Carrillo likes Gabe Spire from the Mariners. Michael Carrillo is a, is a gambling man. And I, again, I love how aggressive he is. Canelo. I know you love this trade talk, the hot stove. Um, The Dodgers do need a a lefty reliever. Well, let's just say they kind of lost their depth at the lefty reliever spot. So they are going to be in the market for a lefty reliever. Canelo do you have any names in mind?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I haven't really thought of any left-handed relievers, but there is a need. Um, currently on the 40-man roster, just in general, I believe there's only two lefties on the entire 40-man, and that is Caleb Ferguson and Alex Vessia. Um, Those are both bullpen pieces. They are obviously going to be a part of the Dodgers bullpen in 2024 um, they did have to DFA Brian Hudson, who was on the in the minors last year. Um, he had a really good uh, minor league uh, season. Um, Dodgers did get some value back from him uh, with the trade that was made today uh, with the Brewers. But um, in terms of where they can go, you know, there's really not many left-handed relievers that are on the trade market, which is why, you know, I think that's why a lot of Dodger fans, including myself, have been preaching the hater thing, um, because he's a closer, he's a lefty and he is elite against left-handed uh, hitters. Um, so in terms of trade market, I'm not too sure who's really even available right now. I feel like the Braves try- probably traded for all of them because they traded for like three left-handed relievers in this sp- in this offseason alone. Um, so I don't know. If you guys want to shoot some names out, and then I'll, I'll look them up later uh let's uh let's go back to the
0: chat here uh we're going to start wrapping things up so i want to get as many of these comments in as possible uh juan ramos happy new year to you my friend uh do you think the dodgers haven't traded bush or vargas and they want to keep them around just in case muncie gets heard look i'm starting to see the name muncie come up a lot here in the chat, east coast dodgers nation with second first base and short locked up where else can muncie play Look, that was one of the first moves the Dodgers made in this offseason was bringing Muncie back. They obviously believe in Max Muncie, um, but it is interesting. What are they going to do? I know Michael Carrillo brings up the question, too. Do you still see Bush with the team next year, or is he as good as gone in a trade? Because once the season starts, his value is going to be down at 26. Steven, we're talking about these names. You mentioned Landon Knack. These are names that we've been hearing now for a while in the Dodgers farm system and the way they went scorched earth on free agency. It sounds like some of these guys are blocked, whether it's in the offseason before the season starts or in the trade at the trade deadline. These guys, they have to go, don't they, Stephen?
2: Yeah, I suppose I'd, I'd like to see Miguel Vargas get another shot at it. Um, you know, he, he he did not have a great uh, rookie year, but but I think you know, being he's a real he was a really dynamic player in Oklahoma City. So so I I think there's there's stuff there, and maybe you know if he could learn to play a little outfield, he he had a few adventures out there in in uh, in left field, but but I'd like to see him. Maybe get up on the big squad, Uh, but these other guys, Bush. You know, I I like Bush, but but is is his value? I mean, the thing about the Dodgers is there's such a deep farm system that a lot of these guys could be everyday players if they were playing for you know Detroit or Minnesota or or Kansas City or something like that, and. But the question is, does Detroit, Minnesota, or Kansas City have something we want? Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, we do, did mention Max Kepler as a possibility. But, but you know, there's I, – I think um, a lot of these prospects do need um, to either – you know, it's kind of play me or trade me time for a lot of these guys.
0: No, I, absolutely. Uh, let's go back to the comments because remember, guys – we we still have comment of the night. There is a, mix, a mystery box that Babyface is going to be giving away to comment of the night. So start getting in your comments now because we're going to start wrapping up shop. I'm going to start going through these comments here. Uh, East Coast Dodgers Nation, uh, Muncie could be a backup DH in case Otani isn't 100%, God forbid. Look, if Otani has problems, then the season already went left. Uh, Louis Z, I think Randy makes sense. Why spend a billion and then pump the brakes? That's right, Louis, because it isn't my money. So spend it all. Uh Pablo, trade Barnes for a few more peanut vendors and some parking attendants. Man, Pablo and the ghost of Al Davis wow. should just hang out. Um, Roy Estrada, Gavin Lux, usually bats ninth to turn over the lineup. Uh, some more calls to DFA Barnes, please. Uh Austin Brubanker, welcome to, to the chat. Uh Juan Ramos. I feel like the bottom half of the lineup has been soft, and the lineup has been pretty top-heavy the last two to three seasons, yet they still score a lot of runs in the regular season. That's true. Dennis Gonzalez calling out all the slander about Austin Barnes, who was the hero of Team Mexico. <laughs> uh, Michael Carrillo brings up a very interesting point. I think it would be a good idea for them to trade the catman in a deal. I was just thinking about that the other day. is do they wait until gonsolin is healthy to trade him uh or by then will he have completely lost his value? Um, that's, that's a very interesting point. You bring up Michael Carrillo, the ghost of Al Davis, who's the batting coach for the Dodgers and have, have him do some OT with Barnes. If not the bad boy that takes the roster spot again, the Austin Barnes slander. Have you guys, this. Did, did you mm. guys not hear? Here is the hero of the Mexican team from the world <laughs> baseball classic. Uh, uh, Frankie G just trade for Soto when the Yankees missed the playoffs. Um, I, I do like this one from Pablo. What happened to the clubby Chico? He can play the outfield, um, baby face is, is Chico. Chico's still with the Dodgers, right?
1: Yeah, I, I've still seen him around. He's still there.
0: Yeah. When we're in the, uh, something, when we see him in the clubhouse, we, we do see the legend of Chico, um, Canelo, Frankie G, a role as Chapman, not a first choice, but he's a lefty free agent. What do you think the price tag is on Chapman?
1: He is a lefty, he is a free agent. <laughs> um honestly if they did go that route, I wouldn't be upset. Um he is going to give he is one of those relievers at this point in his career, especially he wasn't the reliever that Texas hoped he would be. Um he was kind of up and down, but you know, he did show a lot of his like his fastball velocity went up, um his strikeouts went up. Um, he's still an intimidating at bat to face. Um, I don't think he is. I guess fit to be a closer anymore. Um, but if the money's right, but also it's not my money, and they feel like he ha- he can fit in the bullpen here. I-, I mean, you might as well give it a shot. You know, there's not many left-handed flamethrowers out there. Um, it really just depends on you know we've seen the the comments he's had uh from teammates or when he was on on the Yankees about pretty much like packing his bags in and giving up in the middle of the season um and then not trying and then going to the Royals and then getting traded to the Rangers last year obviously having his best season in like probably like 3 or 4 years so um they could look that route um they actually I mean, before they tried trading for him uh, like around six or seven years ago, um, and then that trade ended up not going through. So maybe there is still some interest there. And that was around uh, the first, I think it was like the first or second year Andrew Freeman uh, was running the Dodgers too. So maybe it's another guy that he just wants to check off his list of players that he's acquired, at least in his career.
0: Um, I, I, this is probably going to be the last thing because we're going to run out of time guys, but I have heard this out here. Uncle Ted, um, bringing up Imanaga, uh, with Kershaw is a filthy lefty duo. So last what's being reported is Imanaga is going to get maybe about a hundred million. And of course the Dodgers are still one of those teams in, in the running. Uh, Canelo, I, there's no shot. I mean, if the Dodgers... Get Imanaga. I mean,
1: the baseball world will lose their mind, right? I mean, if the Dodgers get Imanaga, they may they might as well get a jersey patch from a J- Japanese sponsor. Yeah, that's right. With the Japanese flag. Sony on, Sony will be uh, sponsoring the team. Yeah, get us get us uh, the J- Japanese drip. I guess you want to say, but <laughs> right. yeah, if they get Imanaga, I honestly thought after Yamamoto they would probably be done, but. Maybe they're just trying to build the WBC Japanese team, you know? Like, they won it all, so maybe the Dodgers' Andrew Freeman's just playing chess, yeah. not checkers, you know? He's trying to put some, some <laughs> put moves together here. One. It makes sense. I mean, that's one of the names that I said prior, like about a month or two ago, where I said, hey, if they don't get Yamamoto... Because at the time, I believe none of us expected Otani and Yamamoto to join the club. We expected one or the other. We did say... I did say... Imanaga would be a good option. You know, he's a left handed starter. He's a little bit older, so you could get him on a shorter deal, like a four or five year deal. Um, Obviously, because of the way the market is for starting pitching, I, at that time, we thought he was going to get under 100 million. Now it's, I would say it's a given that he's going to make over 100 million dollars. Do I see the Dodgers going that route? Probably not, but I would not be shocked if they ended up just pulling the trigger and going through. If Otani says, Yes, go get him. They may they may get him. I, I don't know. He may be running the show.
0: Steven, is it just irresponsible to be reporting that the Dodgers are in on Imanaga i I, I mean, at this point, who believes that?
2: <laughs> I, th- I think we, we believe the Dodgers are in on everybody now
0: <laughs> that, yeah. All right, hey, baby face, go yeah. through the comments and bad for baseball man. Yeah, exactly. But it's okay for all the other owners. As (laughs) Louis Z says, you guys keep saying it's not our money. Try spending $500 on Micheladas at a game. I have a problem. Um, (laughs) Babyface, go go through the comments and and pick a winner so we can give out the mystery prize. Uh, As I said, we're going to give out a mystery prize for comment of the night. In the meantime, guys, we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, We've had the two writers of Dodgers beat on the show here. These guys are always pumping out articles that you guys can read. If you guys are not haven't followed Dodgers Beat yet, like what are you waiting for? Steven wrote a great article on the 10 greatest moments of the Dodger season in 2023. Uh we discussed a few of them here. Um uh, uh, I'm going I want to get to these last 3 that we didn't get a chance to before we wrap things up. Uh, Fernando Valenzuela finally getting his number retired. Uh, Stephen, did you ever s- think that day would come? Well, I know you guys have been
2: pushing for it, uh, so <laughs> so we'll give you you all the credit. How about that? Um, I, you know, I I thought that the Dodgers were going to stick to their guns and say you know Hall of Fame or not or nothing. Um, but but I think in in the end they they did the right thing. You know, they they because I mean. Valenzuela, I mean I put Otani and Valenzuela kind of in the same ballpark as as they, they are sort of transformational figures. And and you know, if you can't just look at a stat line and 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 see that. Um you you have to sort of and sort of I was I was not in Los Angeles at the time, but but I've certainly witnessed the uh the uh, phenomenon that was in uh, 1981 1982 um, when he came up it was it was you know national news everywhere you know going to the white house meeting ronald reagan it, it, the, there was just never been a player like that and, and i think retiring his number kind of says that he was an, a, a fantastic pitcher but but he was also very important for what he meant to the sport and I think that finally had to be acknowledged
0: look it's it's no surprise to anyone that the number one was Otani signing with the Dodgers. I think everyone was expecting that. but I have to say, Stephen, one of the uh, what I think surprised me probably the most on your list was number two, the Dodgers winning the division again. I feel like we it totally speaks to the fact that we take this for granted. Yeah, like these guys not, have won. This doesn't happen. <laughs> these guys have won the division 10 of the last 11 years. We're talking about all the holes that they have. It's like we're talking about them like they're a bunch of chumps, and it's just like, oh, this team's never going to win. It's like we're talking about them just to make babyface happy like they're the San Diego Padres. And I I I thought that was so funny when I saw you put it up there for two, Uh, babyface. Do do you have a winner yet? I was trying to vamp to give you time to pick a winner. I think I found drum roll.
1: Okay, all right. I'm going to let babyface announce the winner. Since kind of the theme tonight was kind of uh, bashing on Barnes.
0: <laughs> oh um,
2: wow!
1: Okay. You're gonna and give it Austin to Austin one of the Barnes' fine oh. jersey. That's what you're getting.
0: <laughs> Let me find it again. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. The mystery box may be an Austin Barnes' journey jersey, as Canelo. <laughs> They're pretty cheap on eBay now. So while Wild Babyface announces the winner, I just want to remind everybody: we were nominated once again for best baseball podcast in all of America. Okay. So you if you haven't, if you have voted, I wanna thank you. Thank you. We appreciate your support. If you haven't voted yet, the link is up on our social media. Go and just you know, vote for us just to see the reaction, how pissed off everybody else is gonna be when they announce that the Bleed Lows Podcast won, because I guarantee you the response is gonna be who? Who the fuck are those guys? So make sure you guys vote as That's Andrew, right. as Nando three ninety just said. It's an Andrew Jones jersey in the mystery box. Babyface, do you have a winner?
1: So let's go with let's go with this one. I mean, if if this guy couldn't fix uh, Barnsley, right,
0: all right. Jose Ayala, you won comment of the night. If we don't, I'm going to have Babyface get in touch with you so we can give you your, your mystery box prize. Go ahead, Babyface. I was going
1: to say, if, if you're on uh, Instagram, uh, shoot the Bluetooth podcast like a, a DM, and I'll get your info there. Uh, but let me know if you're on Instagram or else we figure something else out. All right. Hopefully, Jose's still on. Jose.
0: If not, we'll, we'll get in touch. Uh Look, I, I want to thank uh, Stephen for joining us. And again, make sure you guys are following him. You're following Cody with uh, all their, these guys are pumping out articles all the time. So read their stuff and then you can listen, watch our show. As Dennis Gonzalez says, I'm waiting for the bad boys of sports podcasting to win the votes. That's right. We are the villains of the Dodger podcast right, universe. People love to hate us. Uh, so, but you see sido su servidor, Juan Ramirez, de parte de mis colegas, Stephen Webb. Cody's Navy, Canelo, and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Nos vemos. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,